podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Kool-Aids, and welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Remy Dixon. Today, I'm going to be covering the Classico. Some positives, some negatives, and then I'm going to finish it out with a overall grade for Xavi, as I realized I didn't give him a grade in my last podcast episode where I was grading the players. I think this is a great time for that. But before we get into that, some quick admin. For five bucks a month, you can help support the podcast by joining our Patreon. With that, you also get access to our WhatsApp group with a lot of really interesting people who love this club, who have a lot of fun things to say and to share about what's happening from players that are coming in to news that's happening on the ground in Spain. Um, always a great time. If you don't have a Pena, consider joining this virtual Pena. We get to talk about games during games. And if you do have a Pena, it's still a fun place to be to vent at times like I tend to. Um, but yeah, really fun group of people. Great place to be. Okay, so getting into it. The Clasico was this weekend. Barca lost to Real Madrid 2-1, as I'm sure every Barca fan knows by now. Um, you know, it was a it was an interesting game. I will say. I mean, you know, for 60-ish minutes thereabouts, we were controlling it. I mean, we had an amazing first half. And I think I would say that's the first positive, right? We really took the game to them in the first half. We looked so much better. I mean, everybody would say we played much better this game. We did, largely, generally, right? Um, But especially in that first half, we had many chances. We couldn't get it all in. We scored on the Gunawan chance, um, but we had many more chances that we created there against a pretty good Real Madrid team and defense, right? Like not their best, but we really, had we put away a couple more of those goals, we're having a different conversation right now. So That's the first positive. We, for a large part of the game, we controlled it. Um, Xavi's lineup was interesting, having uh, Jao Concelo up at the right wing position, starting Inigo Martinez and Christensen and Araujo. I mean, I'm sure the Araujo thing was because of his history with Vinny Jr. and how well he's handled that, not to say he wouldn't have started anyway, but it's clear that there was a strong tactic behind that. And it was interesting. I mean, given the lack of ability to start Rafinha and a few others, and and highly likely that Xavi wanted Jao Cancelo to also be a bit more defensive, he starts Jao Cancelo at the right wing. And, you know, it came off. In a lot of different ways. Um, as I said, we played well. He was good attacking, provided cover when we needed. So the first positive for large parts of that game, we were dominant. My second positive, I would say, is Gavi. I thought Gavi had a great game. I thought this was one of his best in 
a very long time. And interestingly enough, it was more defensive than offensive, right? Gavi actually shut down Jude Bellingham. He made uh, Chuamini kind of not a huge factor. Um, and if it hadn't been for Kamavinga coming on, which was a switch they needed to make, Gavi would have kept all of those players locked down. Um, it's really interesting to see the conversation this weekend with a lot of folks was, is his best position actually center defensive mid? I mean, he really is a player that has that energy and that tenacity to disrupt, to constantly be fighting and pushing and nipping. And to his credit in this game, he was actually not, I was not scared that he was going to get a yellow card or hurt somebody or anything like that. Like, yeah, he played strong and tenacious, but you need that against a Chuamini, a Jude Bellingham. You need that kind of player, and Gavi did that. For his size, his age, if he were to be a more mature player, God, this I mean, I'm excited to see where this kid goes, but this was one of his best performances. This was one of his mature, most mature performances. Would we get to see him playing a bit more defensive in that way moving forward? Interesting. I mean, I could see it again. I think given his tenacity, his energy, he could do it. He's a different profile than most CDMs that we've seen. Most are a little taller. He's probably not going to be winning you any headers, but he would be there. He would be there at every given moment, breaking up play moving this, that, and the other, and and making sure that players always know that he's there. He's like a little bulldog, right? So, I mean, I thought Gavi had an amazing game, and I was really happy for him to see this kind of performance from him and in a role that we don't typically see. So that was another big positive, knowing that he has that versatility and can be mature when necessary. I love that. I would also say Fermin Lopez was a positive this game as well. We're starting to see consistent performances. I mean, again, he was largely part of the reason offensively we were so on the front foot and in the ascendancy. If certain things go his way, he has a goal in the Classico, at least one. Right. So he played really well when he was in. And it's great to see this young man coming out here and doing it consistently for this team. Love it. But, my friends, that is where the positives end for me. I did not have as strong of a positive reaction to this game as I feel like a lot of people did. Yes, we only lost by one goal to Real Madrid. Yes, we were dominant for the most of the game. Yes, we could have easily won that game by three goals or more had things fallen certain ways. However, we did not. The negatives for me really come down to something that I've been talking about for a very long time now. And it happens over and over because we're predictable. That's why it keeps happening. We are a predictable team. So... My first, and I think the biggest negative that I have, is the second half. Now, we've had bad second halves before. We've had historically bad second halves in recent years. This one just felt very familiar. 
we have a 1-0 lead. We come into the second half and we're not really pushing forward as much as we were in the first half. Could the players have been tired? Who knows? Who knows what the situation was? But we start looking like we're trying to protect a lead and Kamavinga comes in at the 60th and you start seeing them push forward and they're attacking and attacking. And at this point, I think everybody's thinking something needs to change here. We need to make a change and we don't until they score their first goal. Then we bring in Orlo Romeu, who, again, more of a defensive option than an attacking option. You know he's not going to actually hold the ball or help you move forward. So now you're playing for a tie. And yes, eventually we bring in Lewandowski. We bring in our forwards. But at this point, the game is kind of in a different stage, right? Real Madrid is tied. They don't need to win anymore. So they can sit back and be more settled. And now our forwards are less useful than they would have been when Real needed a goal, right? So this whole idea of us defending, I mean, Xavi was asked by um, one of the ESPN pundits if the instruction in the second half was to hold the ball a bit more and defend. And Xavi's response was something along the lines of, you know, we were trying to dominate the game and control the game. Now, he never answered it full on to say, yes, I told them to hold the ball and not attack. But the fact that he said we were trying to dominate and control the game makes it clear that we were not trying to score. That was not the goal of what we were doing in the second half. Xavi wanted to dominate and control. That means hold. That means don't play the ball forward when you could. You know, that means play this predictable football that we've always played. When a team is attacking us, like Real Madrid were at that point in time, this tactic does not work. We all know what Real Madrid is capable of. One of the best second half teams, one of the best last 10 minute teams in the world. If not the best, I hate to say it, but this is a fact. We know How many stupid calls go their way? How many dumb things? How many times have you said in the last couple of years, oh, Real's done, and they have pulled it out in the last 10 minutes in something so dumb that it's just baffling, but it happens for them. You know this team. We know that 1-0 in football is not a defendable position. 2-0 isn't the best. You keep going until, especially with a team like Real Madrid, you have to keep going until... They are done, like five zeros, six zeros. You have to, when you can, you go. And it's not like we don't have players on the bench that you could switch out. If your players are tired, put somebody else in. So we come into the second half. We're trying to control and dominate. They're attacking us. They are pushing up. Their defenders are at basically the halfway line because they know that they need to score. This is the time to attack. This is the time where you look at that and you go, I'm going to bring in an attacking midfielder, somebody that's fast. If you were going to play Rafinha anyway, that's when you throw him on. 
put him on the edge of the defense. Put him on the line and say, you know what? Whenever we get the ball, we're kicking it to you. You run to go get it. Even if he doesn't get it, one, if we lose the ball, we lose it in their half. That's fine. But two, now their defense has to think, oh, maybe we don't push all the way up. Maybe Kamavinga isn't going from left back to basically center mid position to set up Jude Bellingham for a goal. Because he now has to think, I have to actually defend my player that I'm on the right winger. Like, Lamina Mall was on the bench. These are players that you could put in and actually make the defense of Real Madrid fear us a bit more. Lamina Mall, you give him the ball, he will run at a defender. It does not matter. And instead of putting him in with enough time to do that, especially especially when they are trying to score. The most vulnerable any team is ever going to be is when they're trying to score. You had to know that they were going to try to score. It was just a fact, and they were attacking. They were coming at us. They were pushing. They're on the line defensively. If at that moment, before they scored the goal, Xavi had changed his tactics and switched us to a more attacking position, we could have gotten a goal on them. We could have pushed them back. We could have delayed their goal. But at the very least, we could have done something to stem the tide of their attacks that are coming at us and coming at us and coming at us. We've seen this happen so many different times. Then Xavi wants to use his favorite term, we suffered. We suffered for a reason. So, okay, they scored the goal they were eventually going to score. That happens. He puts on Lewandowski. First of all, Lewandowski... We know Lewandowski at this point isn't going to put fears in the defenders. Like, he's still going to be coming back to get the ball. He is not your most attacking option. You put on Lewandowski, you put on Romeu, you're not testing any defense. But at the same time, they've already tied. Now they settle. So the element that you would have had of, like, they were pushing, they were vulnerable, they're no longer vulnerable. So you finally put in our attackers. They're sitting back. We're sitting back. It's really, at this point, just a matter of who makes the mistake. And unfortunately, it was us. That last goal was kind of a free goal. Like, I mean, I will say it's a negative that we didn't follow Jude Bellingham to make that run. Like, I don't know if it was Christensen or it was Romeo. Whoever left Bellingham should never have left Bellingham. He was the most dangerous. We should have seen that. But you know what? Weird ball. It was going to happen. That goal was going to happen in some way, and it happened in that way. It sucked, but, like, it is what it is. For me, it's just really annoying to lose in that way just because we didn't have to lose that way. It was not necessary. We could have easily scored another goal or, at the very least, attacked when they were vulnerable, when they were attacking. Because... If you think they're going to score anyway, why not have them score when you were trying to score instead of have them score when they were just attacking you, attacking you, attacking you, you were just defending, defending, defending. At the very least, changes should have been made. So, yeah, I mean, like, we were good for large parts of that game. Yes, we could have scored goals, but it is not to say that we weren't aware of what Real Madrid was capable of. And it's not to say that at the 60th minute, we just should have rolled over and said, eh, well, we didn't score the goals we scored. In the, we could have scored in the first half. Like, let's just hold it out. So that's a big negative. 
Um, another big negative for me, look, I'm happy that Gundogan has spoken out. I appreciate that he said what he said. I think the Barca players who would want to say that know that they can't because they've been in the system. They don't feel like they can do that. Some of them are younger. They probably don't feel like they can say anything. So at the end of the day, it's great that Gunawan said something. This idea about lack of desire or lack of anger, you know, I hear it. I think the difference is it's urgency, right? I don't think we have any urgency here. And I think that comes from the top. But the sad thing with what Gundawan said is the fact that one of the biggest and most annoying moments in the game for me that truly encapsulates how I feel about what this team is currently doing was with Gundawan. There was a moment in the game, later in the game, uh, must have been in the 80th, or not in the 80th specifically, but in the 80th, in the 80 minute sections. Um, Gundawan gets the ball, he's moving up. Balde is wide open, three, four, or five yards in front of him. It was the only pass. It was the right pass. It was the easy pass. And if you pass it to Balde, as soon as you see him, after scanning for a second and noticing that he's the right pass, if you pass it to him just then, he can turn, he can do something, he can go forward, he can pass it forward, because the defense from Real Madrid was still trying to get settled. People are backtracking. Like, they're not settled. They're unsettled. Good time to attack. He knows this is going to happen. And I'm watching this going, you know what you're going to do. You're going to pass it to Balde. That's what you're going to do. So why don't you just do it? He waits. He waits. He waits. Then he eventually passes it to Balde. At this point, the defense is already settled. Not just settled, but they know what's about to happen, and they've already anticipated it. So they almost nick the ball off Balde. All he can do is pass it back and they Real Madrid almost scored because of that and all of this was because Gundogan waited to pass a ball five yards that he was always going to pass that ball we just don't have the urgency like I remember something that Mikel Arteta was saying a, a year back or so and or somebody was pointing this out when you watched how last year's Arsenal played Arteta always wanted to make sure when you got the ball to Saka, when you got the ball to the wingers, they were in a forward-moving position where they could attack. You weren't passing them a ball where they had to like pass it back or to hold it and wait. It was if you got them the ball, you got it in a way where they could turn and go. And that's a thing that, you know, that's offensive. That's thinking forward. That's moving towards goal. And it's urgency. There's urgency that we just do not have. This team will literally hold a ball knowing they're going to pass it to the person right in front of them, but wait until that person can do nothing but pass it back exactly to that player that just gave him the ball or pass it further back. And we do this all the time. And Gundogan coming in and talking about this, that, and the other, it's great. But like, if you're going to be doing it on the pitch, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you, right? So... So I'm glad he said something, and I'm glad Lewandowski said something the other day. I think these players that have come in out of the organization from these winning teams and things speak out because they know how bad it looks that they're not contributing as much as they could or should have. And I'm not saying it's their fault. It's really not. Like A lot of it is how the game plan is structured. But it's good that somebody's talking. They just need to be putting it out on the pitch as well. 
So, I mean, it's it's just, yeah, that, that was a big negative. Um, another thing, I recently saw a clip of Messi and Dani Alves, like, telepathy. And it made me realize just how Pep's Barca was different and, and the things that I just feel like very few managers since Pep have actually figured out. I mean, I think Luis Enrique kind of had it um, a bit, but this idea of passing the ball, holding the ball, passing the ball, great, great, amazing, love it, do it. However, Pep's Barca never just passed the ball for the sake of passing the ball, for the fun of it. They were always plotting something. Even if you're seeing three or four back passes, the fifth one is going to be a pass to a bombing Jordi or Dani, somebody that's wide open because they've lulled the defense into a state of just, you know, not being aware of what's happening, right? But even in the short passes, these players were always trying to go forward. They were always trying to get to the goal. And I don't understand how every manager since then, other than Tito and Luis Enrique, Tito rest in peace, um, Valverde didn't get that. Kuman didn't get that. I just don't understand how these managers have not understood that it was never just about passing the ball just to pass the ball. It was passing the ball for a purpose. And we sit here week in, week out, other than those two 5-0 games that we had, we're so predictable. We take the ball, we hold it, we hold it, we pass it left and right, blah, blah, blah. Very few times are we moving the ball forward and with purpose. And I just feel like that's what happened in this Barca game. The end of this game, we were not playing with purpose. We were playing, or at least the... Minutes in which I think we lost a game, which was around the 60th to the like 75th, 80th, because I think there was a change when Rafinha and Laminia Mall came in. But up until then, we had completely just let Real Madrid do what they wanted with no ideas because we just kept holding possession and eventually losing it, and then they would come at us. So. All that to say, my grade for Xavi. Look, this is, it's easy, honestly. I think Xavi has been very average to negative, right? Like, I would say Xavi is a B minus C plus manager. So the average is probably a C, you know, I think he has some great man management. I think he's done some really good things with playing the youth, Um, but his in-game tactics just are not great. I mean, I think sometimes he draws up a good plan going into the game, but a lot of the times I don't think the substitutions are right. I think this favorite phrase of his, we suffered, you know, he says it so many times and it's so annoying because at the end of the day, you are the reason why we're suffering. 
we are not suffering because we have to or because we don't have the players. That's a, I think that's the biggest misconception here. It's not that we are missing the players. I think this team, even when we, like, yes, we don't have Frank, we don't have Pedri, blah, blah, blah. Like, But I think there are a lot of managers that would do a lot with the team that we do have now. And even when we have those players, we were still playing predictably at times, right? So it's not the players. I don't think we're just missing this one piece that's going to unlock it all for us. Gundogan has come in with his experience, and at times he's looked average. And I think it's because of the tactics. Lewandowski, yes, he's older, but he's. I think his decline has accelerated under Xavi because of how he's being used and how he is not getting the balls in the spaces that he needs. We're not actively looking to move forward. He has to come back to get the ball. I feel like the saddest thing about Xavi is, one, having played for that pep team, you would think that he would understand it's about going forward. It's about moving, trying to score. You would think he'd understand it, but it seems like he doesn't. It seems like he's stuck in the same place that these other managers have been, which is, I don't want to lose here. I do not want to lose. And if you don't want to lose, you will never really win anything. I mean, really ask yourself, I ask myself this question. What do you think this Xavi team, what do you think the score is if we went up against Bayern Munich right now? How far do you think we can actually go in the Champions League this year? How far do you think we can actually go in the Champions League next year? This is Xavi's second year. I have not seen the improvements that I'd like to see. I thought great things happened defensively in the first year. If that's the players that we had or if that was Xavi, who knows, but we were very good defensively. This year we were somehow worse with the same players, actually better players now because we have a right back. Um, But do you really think that this team comes out looking any way good against a Bayern or a Man City? No, nah, I think we still get 8-2 by Bayern. The team that I saw Saturday against Real Madrid gets 6-8-2 to by Bayern. Man City, same thing. You cannot take this team into a place like that and try to defend a one-goal lead or try to pass the ball back and forth side to side. Like They'll take it from you. They will score. And then they will keep taking it from you and keep scoring. That just is how it's going to go down. This team, I don't see going past the round of 16. I mean, honestly, no. I think we could get past the round of 16, and that's it. And without any significant changes on Xavi's part, I'm not even hearing him sound like he's evolving over time. I'm not hearing it. I remember a while back I said, oh, Who's going to test us, you know? Real was injured by then. Um, you know, after the two five O's, it was like, oh, if this is how we're playing, if we're attacking now, like, we might not get tested until March, until the first round of 16 or until the second round of the Champions League. Since then, we've been tested by Girona, by other smaller teams in the, in the Spanish League, and we just got beat by a Real that's not even that great. So what is this say for like Europe for any bigger titles that we want to win any bigger aspirations I think Xavi might squeak by the league here and there 
But if Real gets a proper forward next year, we're not winning the league for a while with Xavi. If we continue to go in the Champions League playing like this, like luckily for Xavi, we had a very favorable draw this year. And even that Porto game was tough. We could have slash possibly should have lost that game. Um, so, yeah, Xavi gets a B minus C, C plus for me at best. I would love to see some changes. I hope things get better, but I'm just not seeing it. I'm I'm not happy about what happened here. We did not have to lose this game. And even if we were going to lose, I would have preferred going out swinging than going out like we did, which was taking our foot off the gas, trying to control the game by dominating the ball and possession, but not actually scoring or taking any chances that would get us to the goal until they scored. And then it was too late. They had the momentum. They were going to get the second goal way more than we were. That's just how it was. But would love your thoughts on Xavi. If I'm being too harsh, let me know. I don't think I am, but we could talk about it if you join the Patreon group. That's all for me for today. Looking forward to Saturday, hoping, as I always do, that we turn things around and start playing that attacking football we all love. Have a great week, everyone, for Sabarsa. Also, congratulations to Lionel Messi, the GOAT, eighth Ballon d'Or. Absolutely deserved it. He can rest now and let these new young boys do what they're going to do. Have a great one. Podcast Network.